this morning we're going to we're going to continue our focus in the mini series that uh, has been looking at God of our worship and it's a series that is anchored in David's psalm psalm 139 mm-hmm. um, and we want to sort of continue on that exploration next week if all goes well we'll be concluding that like it's a mini series three series <laughs> if all goes well we'll be concluding next week um, but at the heart of this this exploration that we've been doing I just want to point out three things that uh, that I highlighted last week that I I thought that God was saying uh, about this particular series for us and and I was sort of looking at it in terms of a prophetic message to us today like what is the spirit of the Lord saying to us today God's speaking all the time it's you know tough time we have is slowing ourselves down enough pushing out some of the distractions I'm going to sort of challenge us to, to that in the end of this but pushing out those those distractions and and just listening to what God is saying, um, as I say, we've sort of we've, we're coming to this time where we believe that God is inviting us uh, into a, just a, a, a heightened revelation of Himself, um, and uh, like the bridegroom that Jesus is described as being in our New Testament, uh, like the bridegroom, He's wooing His bride. He's He's wooing the church to capture a deeper and a more vulnerable understanding of him. And, and really, not and just of him. why do you give me that look? Yeah, because you've got, you've got a neat testimony to share later on about okay. that. Okay, I'm just reminding us. <laughs> yeah, and not just a deeper understanding of him, but of our lives in him. Um, God is also waking the sleeper in all of us uh, to rise up. It's a bit of a, 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 a now word that comes out of a out of Ephesians that Paul captures in his letter to the Ephesians but God is awakening the sleeper in all of us to rise up into a more intimate awareness of his presence among us he hasn't left us as orphans right no um uh, yeah so many stories we could go to where God's promises to us as I'm I'm here I'm here and so many so many of the times that I enter into a time of quiet in the morning I've shared that um you know, when I'm just quieting myself and, and listening for God, um, sensing his presence around me, it's, it's like I hear that still, small voice that says, I'm, And then God wakes me up and says, hey, go say good morning to Dave. And Dave gives me this look with his eyes rolled, really, right now? Yeah, she interrupts me, just like she was interrupting that story. <laughs> she got to wait till I finish the story. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's usually at those times when Jesus is saying, I'm here, David. And then you get up and then you say, so am I, Dave. Here I am. <laughs> So today's journey is going to be, uh, we're, going to, we're going to look at 10 verses out of that famous psalm, verses 7 through 16. Um, and maybe we can just start right there, I thought, honey, and then, and then we can pray for everybody that's joined us and is listening in. Sure. Yeah. Okay, this is taken out of Psalm 139. Uh, the version we're d- doing is from the New Living Translation starting at chapter 7. Um, and take your time reading through that. Pause. You know. <laughs> All right. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. All right. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy the read. You too, honey. Yeah, okay. I'm trying. Rest. Rest. <laughs> I'm feeling a little hyper this morning. Is it coming across? <laughs> not enough coffee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, not. I'm going to read now. Yeah, I'm quiet. Okay. Starting at chapter 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, and if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hands will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as a day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the uh, delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. 
every day of my life recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. You know that the Hebrew of, of that of that picture of him seeing us in the utter seclusion as we're being formed and knit together that the Hebrew actually uses the word embryo like it it, hmm. it's, it refers David's referring very directly to the you know to the to that whole process of of uh, the inner child being hmm. woken and woken up and weaved together it's 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 beautiful you know what comes as I read this I What's just that? go and I know this isn't in your notes, Dave. Sorry. That's no, okay. Here we go. <laughs> but just uh, in our messed up world, our messed up um, even inception of being, you know, started in the womb. Yeah. There's been so much hurt, sometimes unwantedness, sometimes um, wow. that. But guess what? You know, we we sometimes carry that into birth and into life and into adulthood, but. The scripture should show you he knit you in your mother's womb. He loves you. He knew exactly if you were, you know, you know you were formed, who you I was. Debbie, you are uh-huh. a precious daughter. You are a girl. You are, you know, I, I could go on strings, and I'm, I, we won't get into that now, but just of, you know, my mom's wants of, you know, her firstborn. Yeah, yeah. And and your mom wasn't you know, looking for another girl, was she? No, she was looking for another boy to replace the one she'd the lost. one she actually had to give up for adoption. But yeah. anyhow, but yeah. God knew I was me. Yeah. He loves me, and so. But we carry that into our uh, latter life, and it actually can take us out sometimes. But this scripture, like, oh my goodness, you know, we need to own that. No, we. From inception, or you, it was, it was, you were thought, you were his plan from the beginning of time. Anyhow, I know that wasn't in there, that was just an extra. Way to go! You just like wrecked me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually think that's uh, for numbers of you uh, out there. I mean, you've personalized that. I mean, we haven't gone too deeply into. How that's impacted your life, honey. But um, no. why don't we just pray right into that and just invite the Spirit of God just to yeah, be with all of us, be with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, listen, guys, we, you know, encourage you to be talking to one another online if you can. Uh, some of you are listening on uh, YouTube, YouTube uh, where you got smart TVs and stuff. It might not be that easy to be typing online, but but that's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just pray God your 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 presence be so clear and known to our listeners up there. And um I pray your presence just to gently sit with us, um, love on us, be with us and uh yeah, speak to us as we share this time. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness. We thank you for family. That is you guys. And we thank you, you know, that we get to be. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just just let this, um, let what Debbie's encouraged you in, just really speak to the deep places of you uh, today. Um, you know, God is always bringing restoration. Um He's always bringing healing. Yeah. You know, the, the good news is salvation. Uh, and when we think of the word salvation, honey, we often think of it as being saved for the here and after. But it, it means far more than that. It's like God's coming to save and to heal, to deliver us, right? To, res- to bring restoration. Uh, it just... It has profound, profound implication. And not just restoration and healing for us personally or our just, you know, our how we see ourselves and how we see God, but it it's it's meant to just um spill over like a like a fountain of life into all of the lives around us, into our families and um as imperfect as they most of them are. <laughs> 
I'm not going to say, oh, maybe somebody out there has a perfect family. You can, you can put that up there. I, you know, <laughs> you know, you at the beginning you said um, we're sleeping, or yeah, and I just believe God is waking us up mm. to who He says we are in Him, not who we believe us to be. Right on. And right on. So he's just waking us up, and you know what, guys? Yeah. <clears throat> I would say let him do it because yeah. there's there's life in that. Yeah, boy, could I speak to that? We could get right off our notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, let's let's just keep trooping on ahead. <laughs> or this might be a four a four week mini series. <laughs> this might become a four week mini series. <laughs> so last week we talked about the origins of worship uh, that they're rooted to God Himself. Uh, and you'd say, well, Dave, that's like a no-brainer, you know. Um, but think about this. Worship is not just about God. And you could take that out of here. We could, we could take some, th- some facts that we're learning from what David has written here. We could, we could turn it into a fact list of the qualities of God. You could do that, right? You could. Yeah. But, but worship, really, uh, it, in its core is not is it's not as much about like these attributes of god although it's it's strung into our worship but as much as it is our response to god who is pursuing us and who is revealing himself to us mm-hmm. you know it's funny i you're sitting there talking about god uh wanting to wake us up and you know and obviously we've alluded to it said that this is pretty primary but before I carry on, I actually want to speak to that. The image that I have is like a, you know, is uh, is sometimes just even the birth of a child. I mean, that is some of the most that moment where a child is is delivered, and then is taken from the mom and taken over to the table to to kind of wake up, right? Yeah. And to get them breathing, like they've got to start a whole. Uh, they've got to start this new stimulus in them to actually breathe. To physically breathe, and no longer are they dependent on the cord between the mother and the child for the oxygen that it needs to survive. They need to learn how to breathe, and there is this interaction that has to take place where the where the child has to be really awoken from that that sleep and and then stirred to breathe and to breathe in deeply. And it's the most relieving thing as a parent yeah, when that child scream and cry. <laughs> yeah, we don't even mind the crying. Later on. Later on. Can you sleep? <laughs> Later on when we're trying to get some sleep through, our, <laughs> through those early, early days, yeah. But yeah, that initial gasp and, mm-hmm. and reach for air and even the crying that comes with it. What a beautiful thing. Life. Psalm 199, or 139 that we're studying, it, it, as I said before, and I won't use all the big words that I used last time, but it, has, it holds a theology for worship. To, mm-hmm. to say, and that's it's kind of why we're looking at it. As you see, it's already stimulating our thoughts now. The the author of our psalm, as we discussed, is is the overlooked shepherd boy, David, who was God's choice as king over Israel. Um, I kind of like the name. Let's you know, let's <laughs> beloved. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Get on with the message. Yeah. Dad used to call me Davina all the time. That was, he used to get great joy out of doing that. He thought I was going to be a girl, but that's, surprise, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) But as I shared last week, the director of of the choir in God's temple, uh, who serves under Israel's king has been instructed to put this revelation to music, which is, you know, isn't that an interesting thing? There's no divide between church and state. The king is intimately involved uh, in a position, a spiritual position of authority over the nation. David is himself just happens to be king and the author of this. And, and he was inspired to put his revelation of God to music. And this wasn't foreign territory for David. David was a musician. Yeah. He was a poet. He was an artist. Now, he put it to music so that the hearts of God's people could be captured and drawn to the one true God who is enthroned in their praises hmm. as God has, has been enthroned in his praise. You know, he's, 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 he's preaching to the choir. 
so to speak. He's, he's speaking from a place that he knows intimately well. But as I've been reading through David's psalm, I've got to say that I'm finding myself, I'm finding it impossible for me to separate David the worshiper and the artist from the revealed nature of God that's written down. Like they're, these things are intertwined. Um, here in today's verses, I, I'm, I'm stepping out that way. And, and it, it's, it's not only a, a revelation of, of, of God's eternal qualities, but it's a revelation of God's tender and intimate, intimate understanding of David himself. Like, you, God is looking at David. God is, is looking at us. <laughs> it's like that, that two-way thing. It's like a child who is, you know, it's like young Rebecca, our granddaughter that's just been born. Now she's, you know, she's able to start focusing in with her eyes and, mm-hmm. and looking fully into the face of the ones that are, are holding her, uh, bonding with her, you know, her siblings, bonding with her mom and her father and bonding with grandma who's been getting down there to visit them. I get my snuggles. We do. Um, But is it too wonderful to imagine that God would be so devoutly involved in every detail of our lives like we see being unveiled here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, is it, what do you, what do you? I think as we wake up and even can accept how much he loves us and what he thinks about us, which is good guys. He loves us. He loves us. He yeah. he doesn't go, you know, you know. He, if you're walking and stuff, that probably isn't what his heart is for you. His love doesn't change. No, but he might uh, get in your face to say hello. Let's let's work on this together. But yeah. my love doesn't change for you. No, his love never changed yeah. for you. But and you and I are actually drawing from examples of being parents. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, man. Oh man, I you know I, I I keep hearing my mom's words over and over in my head, which is, you never stop being a parent. It just never stops. <laughs> Your kids might move on; they might have kids of their own, but that that nature within you that yeah, like you carry your kids in your hearts, right? And 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 this is this disclosure that David's been referring to here. David's learned it's. Um, Doug David's learned some things though growing up and, and it's finding its way itself here to into our pages he's learned that uh, he's learned like who God was when no one was looking when no one was looking in or cheering him on um, it's it's worship that David's learned from a, a healthy dependency in God he's had to be dependent in God when when he was still a young boy, he used to take care of the sheep and the family sheep, his father's sheep and the pastor. He was mm-hmm. responsible to look after them and to protect them. And he had to do that many times alone in the pastures. He led his, his father's sheep from field to field. That's why so many beautiful revelations out of Psalms talks about the great shepherd and this relationship of the sheep to the shepherd. Like there's, there's, David is drawing on his life experiences and what God has revealed to him through those things. You know, it's beautiful um, that we, when we hear ah, tears, when we hear Barclay share his heart, because yeah, I was thinking he, about Barclay. Yeah, he he, you know, he he understands sheep. He understands the shepherd, so he can speak. With knowing because he knows, yeah. not because he's read it in a book, or but it's because he actually has walked in that. You know, it is so real yeah. for him. And it is so wonderful when he shares his, his stories or his insights because <laughs> it comes right from the heart, not from the head, but from the heart. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 listen to this. You know, as my imagination like just takes off as I consider this, uh, I think of David under the dark canopy of nightfall as he's keeping watch over the sheep. I mean, you hear him refer to the dark of the nightfall here in our Psalms, right? Mm. Um, but it was see, it's precisely in these times of 
of obscurity that uh, he had grown to know that he was never, ever really alone. Hmm. Like he, 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 he knew the stories about the Israelites. He'd known their hardships. He, uh, he had seen their worship of, of their God as they knew him. He, he was aware of the tradition. He, he would have been raised up and underneath all of those stories, right? It would have been part of, part of his nurture growing up. But, but he had, but with the knowledge of all of that, he spent a lot of time on his own considering those things. And out of those places, out of his, out of, out of worship, out of artistry, out of poetry, he would write songs to God and sing to God alone in the, mm-hmm. in the fields and in those pastures. Nice. Nice. It's, it's really an amazing picture. Um, he knew that he was never alone. He knew about the spirit of God. God is spirit. He knew this to be true. He knew that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him through the watches of the night. I mean, those 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 truths just start ringing true. Like you're thinking, I've read that somewhere before. The Lord was David's deliverer when predators threatened their livestock. You know, he knew that the Lord would deliver him. And he knew that God had equipped his hands for war. You know, he... He knew that as well. He knew how to how to draw a sling back and how to hit yeah, something he accurately. Yeah. He was, you know, he had practiced this all of it probably since before he could hardly hold, you know, hold a sling. He would have practiced this. He would have known this. He would have, yeah, he'd have been skilled in many things. He knew the Lord to be not only his deliverer, but Israel's deliverer when Goliath and the Philistine army threatened God's people, hmm. right? When they challenged their their faith and their integrity. He was the lone boy who, who stood up and opposed the giant Goliath in the armies of the Philistines because <laughs> he knew God would deliver him. <laughs> crazy, crazy. I mean, laughable when you read the story, but marvelous, right? Hmm. Uh, and remember again what I, what I shared when I started, our worship is not about God so much as it about our responding to him. Uh, to this God who pursues us and reveals himself to us. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything else about that particular psalm that you've noticed about the language of the poem? Just Well, he's, he's speaking to us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's speaking for himself. Mm. But I, his cry out is, is, I think, that we all get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's something that's interesting that like leapt out at me as I was studying that um, through the wee hours of the morning. But it's written in, in a first person. and It's like an intimate letter to God himself, isn't it? Look at, mm-hmm. look yeah. at how it's the language of it. <laughs> the language of the psalm isn't written so much as, as statements about God, but... and. And and, we, and as I said, we could certainly take it to mean that. I mean, we do we learn about his divine qualities, but it is a psalm that is written like a letter that speaks to God about the divine qualities that He sees in Him, that we see in Him, and how and how we see Him intimately at work in our lives. Like, listen, listen to this as I, as I read what you've already read. I can never escape from Your Spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Imagine if we we read that as if we've authored it and penned it ourselves. Or we, uh, you know, sometimes it's helpful to read these things aloud like we're doing, you know, rather than just processing it in the mind, actually speaking it out. I could, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Uh, I'm just picking up on some of the verses. In verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. You watched, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. 
every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So that, that, that's, like a, that's like revelatory knowledge. Like, it's not that you're just watching this going on, God, but you are intimately involved, forming me, watching over me, and, and even uh, knitting, as it were, the days of my destiny that lay in front of me. You're like intimately involved. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, one of the, one of the theologians that that uh, that writes has has written on this particular psalm that I was reading, told his own personal story, his own narrative, and he he related it to his wife, who was uh, not like ourselves, grandparents, right? And she was an expecting grandparent, and uh, and he was referring to the refrigerator, and on the refrigerator was a like a you know a a, a a color printed out, glossy printed out picture of their grandbaby who was forming inside the womb of their of their daughter, hmm. and and the and he's, he says it it was it was in it was both it was both um, something to be celebrated, but it was instructional for her. It, he said that she she would often uh, stand there in front of it, and it would help her imagine the child that she was praying for that was coming into this world. Mm. What's your think? It's just absolutely, you know, thinking about that, like looking into this child and praying that child into be, what a, what a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David's song is meant to stir our, our, our own awareness of God's plan to intimately reveal himself to each of us. Like, you know, I hope that we're not reading this strictly as a third person, you know. Yeah, somebody wrote it a long time ago. Yeah, see, and, and, you know, and I can't, you know, my instruction for this is I believe that God's doing this work, um, but we've got to put some work in as well. And some of that work is actually just coming into agreement with what the Holy Spirit is saying and praying into that. Inviting, you know, the Spirit of God to reveal His Word to us and making it real for us. Uh, you'll, you'll find that as the Holy Spirit is brewing and He's working over you, that He'll also add. Only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll actually, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll lay things open for you to see. Kind of like you did right out of the gate here this morning when we started, <laughs> started veering, not off the path. I just think we stopped along the path to observe some things. That's... <laughs> We didn't get it. We didn't. We weren't off path. You were right on path. But listen, you know, we are not simply some petri dish. You know what a petri dish is? I sure do. We're not. We're not a petri dish experiment of his creative life force, right? No. That's discarded. That, that's not what we are. God is is intimately involved in the creation of our whole person. Uh, from before the conception, even before the conception of my life, the Word of God says that from the foundations of creation, from the foundations of the world, He's predestined us. That's how much confidence the writers have in this God that they're getting to know and and who has involved themselves in their life. Everything we have, the potential to be and to do, is being shaped in us before we are even born. How does that rest with you? You know, what kind of person we will be, the nature of our strengths, and even our weaknesses, you know. (laughs) We've all got them. You know, we've got some strengths and we've got some weaknesses. Uh, The days of our lives are perfectly ordered. All of the possibilities and constraints are already set. And God is involved in shaping the whole of our person. And he invites us to draw near to him and to see our lives, not just through a natural lens, right? Mm-hmm. Right? But through the supernatural and the divine lens that he sees in all of us. He is a, he is a supernatural God who has walked amongst us in nature like he is... He is Handiwork is all around us. If we could only open our eyes or have our eyes open to see it, yeah, because we can see we can see that flower over there. Yeah, 
Well, there is none over there if we were really looking, but pretend there is a flower over there. There is flowers over there on that plant. I guess so. But God can actually open up our uh, senses to actually... Yeah, sure. I know this seems weird, but to experience the flower, like going, wow, that's beautiful. So instead of just going, yeah, I see that flower over there, we can actually see the beauty in the flower. There's, I think... Two different levels. So the God who knows all things, which is like, you know, this is sort of paramount in the theology as I was laying it out. Omniscient. Hmm. The God who is all present. Omnipresent. The God who is all powerful, omnipotent. He, this all knowing, all present, all powerful God is been has been intimately involved in your life from before your birth. Yep. Right? And he is intimately involved in your life today. (laughs) He's not done with you. Right? He's not done with me. He's intimately involved in our lives, watching over us, disclosing if we'll listen, if we set aside time, if we... uh, put aside some of our distractions, which are many in this day and age. Um, Facebook being one. (laughs) Some things on Facebook are good, right? But, you know, just think about it. Uh, We'll get there at the end. I've got, I do have something there for you. But he's disclosing and sharing his knowledge, his presence and his power to you. I mean, how does that make you feel? What what thoughts or sensitivities do you feel at work in you right now as we're as we're speaking this out? You know, is it is it worth writing down? Is what you're hearing? Hmm. What you're sensing? One particular scripture verse um really leapt out for me and it it's found in verse fourteen. Um, do you want to read that one again to us? Sure. Uh, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to wear a t-shirt with that on. <laughs> Your yeah, I, workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well <laughs> I know it. Um, that, you know, listen, that, that, that's. That, for me, was like an explosion of revelation in worship. This is a picture of, of both, like of intelligent, informed, uh, spontaneous, overflowing worship. This is like the interlinear uh, Bible, which, you know, works with the Hebrew and English, uh, breaks it down. It says, I will thank you for with." Fearful things, I am wonderful. Your works are wonderful. Your works are marvelous. And my soul knows it very well. Right? Like, listen to that. And my soul knows it very well. Like, there is like, it has been sown into the soul. Right into the very depth of David. Into a place where he knows it intimately well. Do we know God that well? Do we know how God feels for us intimately well? Do we know that love that is never exhausted? Do we know that well? That is always patient, that is always loving, that is always affirming, that is always kind and tender-hearted. Do we know that in the depths of our soul? And to that I say, wake up. Wake up! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's like, yeah, the word, the word for very is that, you know, that my New Living, that the New Living Testament uses, that, 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 uh, that the interlinear Bible uses, it means like much. It's with like force and abundance. It's like, it's, it's impressed upon you. It, it's, it's coming that way. <laughs> and, and you've all heard the term yada, 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 right? You know, what does that mean? Yeah. That, yeah, you me- told me earlier, but I forget. Yeah, it means to know. I love it. <laughs> it's to know, to know, to know, to know very well, right? With much force, with much abundance. 
And then the other word, nephesh, is this word for the soul, a living being, a life, a self, a person, a desire, a passion, an appetite, an emotion, the soul of a person. Like that, you can't say it without passion. Really? Yeah, that's why, you know, singing soul is coming right from. <laughs> <laughs> soul music comes right from that deepest place, right? Right from your soul, you know, you know because you know. So rising up in David, <laughs> rising up from the deepest place of our souls is a knowledge that is too wonderful and too marvelous to contain. You can't put a lid on this. Don't do it. That would be really dangerous. <laughs> it rises up. There's a sense from deep within yourself. It's a worship that rises up from the deepest places of your soul. Uh, it's that God-made place, that God-created cap- capacity within us. It's our spirit being awakened and summoned to rise up. Sorry, did I hurt anybody's ears there? <laughs> it's God's spirit brooding over us, guys. It's God wants us to know his love and understanding for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I mean, write that down, but I mean... I say he knows us intimately well. I'm just telling you, he knows you better than you know yourself. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You, you, you need him to reveal some things about yeah, yourself. He's always, you know, we hear the, the comment of onion layers. Well, yeah, there's layers. Layers to our life. We're like layers onions. to our life. And God is always, it's one of those jumbo onions most for most of us. It's not yeah. those cute little ones. Okay. He's got lots of layers, but he, you know, <laughs> the journey can be fun. So last week I shared that that the vineyard movement has, uh, I mean, it's it's you know it's it's in this era, right? Okay, in church history and life, it's in this little era up here. Not that many years old. It's in recent history, but it, it's been used. This little wee movement, this little wee group of people, been used to have a real profound effect on the church. Right. It's uh, they've been used to be a catalyst for change in our intimate worship of God. Um, and it's not like folks, this is not like the church is just discovering this for the first time. This has been this has been in the church throughout history. Right. We can't lay claim to anything when it comes to intimacy and worship. God has been intimately involved in his church. Um, we yeah, the church has been through ebbs and flows. And I full of many misteachings and probably poor doctrines and misappropriations of attention and distractions and power and all kinds of stuff. But we're always coming back to the heart of worship, to our worship of God. And the vineyard is presented as a fire that has ignited a lot of torches of multiplied worshipers and different expressions around the world. We don't we don't own the corner on this. But all of it, uh, as I was saying last week, all of this has been an initiative of God's Holy Spirit. But as I've shared, um, God continues to reveal himself to us, and he continues to breathe life into our lives. Like, you know, the question ought to be is, what are you doing today? What, what is it that you're doing today? He's always breathing lives into our understanding of him of both both in the natural and the supernatural responses uh, that we have in embracing him. Some of them are just absolutely supernatural. You you and I have had some divining, defining encounters with mm-hmm. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were sharing a testimony with me earlier. Um, and maybe that's the one that we want to sh- we want to share today. How would you feel? Sure. Okay. I, I was just um, remembering a time as a young mom and, uh, you know, I've had, for those who know me deeply know, I've had lots of journeys of healing with the father and it's been good. But one time I was a young mom upstairs folding clothes, which, you know, with three children, it can pile pretty high <laughs> and I was alone in the house and, um, and I was upstairs and I remember God saying to me, I want you to start speaking in tongue again. Now, I had before and some stuff went on in life and I just never, and, and this isn't a ploy that you have to speak in tongue. It's no, not that at all. We would not be those people 
Mm-mm. employing that. But for me, it was it was a time that I said, okay, you know. So you know, and it it can feel awkward, especially if you don't or whatever speaking tongue. But anyhow, so I started. But as I started to speak in tongue, just speaking to God, um, his presence got so real to the point where, even though <laughs> I was fully dressed, my first reaction was to cover areas of my body I don't want people to see unclothed. <laughs> and I went, oh my goodness, I am standing here totally naked before the Father, uh, even though I'm fully dressed, but before him, my whole self is standing naked before him. And that's where he wanted me to be. That's where he wants me always to be, is to be open and raw and not hiding. It's pretty vulnerable, huh? Oh, <laughs> and I have to tell you, it didn't. I didn't go through my day going, oh, that was so lovely. It's like, what the heck just happened to me? Like, I... I still remember that experience, and I still remember it. But it made me check my heart out going, wow, I'm not there. I'll give him parts that are comfortable, yep. but I want to cover up the emotional, the sensitive yep. parts of me that mm. I don't want to be exposed. Yeah. But God is saying, actually, you know, Deb, I want all of you. And so it's been a journey, and... Um, I've come a long way, but I'm not there yet. But my heart always will be, just take me deeper, because I want, I want to, I want to be there. And you know, as I share the story, I think of Adam and Eve. You know, mm. they freely walked with the Father. They didn't have yeah. hindrances. They didn't have that. Um, they weren't aware of uh, emotions, their body, until they ate that apple. And then they were covered. And then they, so that was almost that. I could feel all of a sudden having to hide part of my emotions, hiding, you know, things I don't want people to see. And now, and especially through the scripture, we know God can see it, but you try still to even hide those intimate, intimate moments. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm sort of totally parking the testimony that I thought I was going to speak last week, and then I thought I might speak this week, <laughs> maybe next week. Uh, that's I think that's absolutely on the path of 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 kind of where we want to go and leave you with uh, today. As if, as we've talked about throughout this message and throughout the introduction to this message last week. Uh, at the whole front end of this mini-series is there were three core themes that are at the heart of our exploration. One is God is inviting us to experience a heightened revelation of himself. Uh, hmm. If we want to experience that, we have to, we have to slow down. Yeah. Uh, and we have to create some room for God to do that in our own lives, uh, room for ourselves to explore. Um, and you can do it while you're folding laundry. <laughs> it's a good thing you had extra laundry around to cover yourself up. <laughs> like the bride, but the, you know, the other one is, is the bridegroom is wooing us, church. He's wooing us to himself. He's inviting us as his bride to capture just a deeper and a more vulnerable understanding of our lives in him. It's a marriage picture, right? Yeah. The whole bridegroom and and. And bride. I mean, it's meant to be that. Our, our scriptures use that. Our, our writers in the they certainly use that. Uh, it's this an amazing metaphor. It's this deeply intimate and love-binding covenant of our relationship with Jesus. And uh, he calls us to us. One of the Psalms that leaps out to me, and I'm, I'm going to leave it at, at this. Psalms, uh, Psalms uh, 2, verse 13. Arise. Come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Mm. Hear that. Hear that cry of God calling out over you and telling you and beckoning you to come. Um, so what about you? Um, can you take some time to consider there's some things that we've shared here today? Um, uh, can you find some time to set aside uh, everything that brings distraction. Go for a walk. 
As I thought about this, go for a walk. Go get out of your home <laughs> if you can. Like get out to a different place. Like just change your setting. Get out to a different place. Unless you've got some secret safe broom closet in your home that you can find <laughs> with God. I, I remember a, I remember an old story of a, of a faithful uh, faithful gal in Christ, and I, I wish I could remember the name, but she, you know, she had a lot of kids underfoot and so many things going on. She actually used to throw her her cooking apron over her head. <laughs> that became her place of, of intimacy and quiet in prayer. <laughs> Quite a picture. <laughs> Find a quiet place. Uh, and then I, and I can't think, I kept thinking about Psalms and the, the great shepherd who leads us out. Find a stream, somewhere to, to, to sit down beside. Find a path, a field, excuse me, like a, a field that you can lie down in and, Find a cool place in the dark and, and look up into the stars of heaven. Uh, simply quiet yourself. Listen for God. And meditate over David's psalm. Invite the Spirit to awaken your heart for him and invite him to show you what he sees in you. Um, I had a ministry word picture. Do you think I should share that thing? Did you? I don't know how much of that you read, but as I was oh, yeah, yeah. preparing to close, and we're going to close on this thought, um, this this will be for someone or someone's uh, maybe maybe for all of us, um, but it, but I, I thought in in this exercise of a listening for God, just ask Him to give you one word. I mean, that's often what I share. I did that again Friday night. I said, "What's one word that God's giving you?" And it's amazing what God can say with just one word about qualities that He sees in you. What is He seeing? Um, in you that are, are worth remembering and writing down. And then I, as I was thinking of this exercise for you and really considering that this is exactly what the Lord had for you, uh, should you exercise it, I got, was given a picture. And it was a picture of, a, of an empty, crystal clear vase. Like a beautiful, absolutely clean, spotless, beautiful. Um, and I believe that the vase... That vase, that transparent vase, that beautiful vase represents our lives. And in many ways, very quite fragile, right? Beautiful, but fragile. Uh, but there's a strength to it, too. There's a resonance in the, in the glass that is beautiful, right? There's strength to it. It's beautiful. Uh, it's clear. The vase is beautiful. And you can, you can stand and, and we could stand and look at that vase all day long. But our tendency with vases, if they're empty, is to put them away for safekeeping, right? <laughs> and uh, you don't have to dust them either. <laughs> and you don't have to dust them. Um, we don't often see empty, clear vases on a table for display, you know. Um, but I see God uh, inviting you to put, to put your vase in the most central and visible places in your home. And the word that I get for that is your life on display. I mean, that, that could be kind of scary, huh? Mm. Um, and I see God wanting to place flowers in that vase, like an arrangement. One by one, I see him wanting to add to that display. Uh, but you're going to need to be vulnerable enough to allow your life to be seen, right? Mm. you gotta, you got to put it out there. Uh, patient enough uh, to set aside time necessary for him to speak to you. See, I, 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 I see those words that God wants to give us like flowers that he wants to put in the vase, right? Uh, and sure, listen, he's going to speak to others, but I, I believe he wants to speak to you directly as well. Uh, and he'll speak through others, but you, it, it's, it's going to be up to you to hear that for yourself and to take a hold of it. Um, and I see you uh, firmly taking a hold of each of those beautiful truths about yourselves that God is giving you through whatever means and however he wants to say them. I, I see you firmly grasping those things, taking a hold of those beautiful truths about yourselves and placing them in the display and then taking your hand off, right? And like sometimes we can hold on to these things. Like flowers... You know, they're good to hold on to for transport, but eventually you got to put them in something and then you got to let go and let mm -hmm. it simply be. 
I, I believe that God wants to do that with your life. You take that picture, listen to this over and over again, multitude of times, and then invite God to just maybe speak to that, add to that, do whatever he wants to do with it, and speak into your life. That's what I got. Good. Yeah. So we're done. Mm-hmm. We're about done. Um, let's see. Some of you folks are chiming in, and, and it's awesome. Um, you know, we invite you just to continue to share comments. Uh, we're seeing them on here on Facebook, probably not so much YouTube. Uh, you can actually, there are some chat features with YouTube, believe it or not. Hmm. I don't know if any of you use those. Um, uh, let someone close to you know what God's saying to you in your life and have them come alongside of you and pray with you. Like actually, you know, even sharing those things with other people that might feel a little vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we choose... Yeah, choose those people wisely. <laughs> but choose people that, you know, are, are sensitive to the things of, of God and to you and who can sit down with you and actually pray into those things, right? You may be seeing qualities, he may be speaking qualities into you that you you can't hardly see for yourself. Um, invite the Spirit of the Lord to, to reveal those things to you and uh, get together with people to pray. If, if, you know, if we understand those things to be a hindrance, then maybe there's some things that God yeah. wants to to undo so and so often that's how god is he's always calling us out of the dark and into the light uh that's a subject for next week um but listen we bless you i think i think, yeah. I think this is a good word for people today yeah I and hope. just know too sometimes we keep th- things hidden in our heart and we think oh okay yeah i received that picture god's got for me but be it a good thing or a bad thing when we actually let it come out of our lips yeah it there's there's way more release for you in that and and just keeping it hidden deep within Um, there's just something healing about Mm. speaking it out that's That's it that's it Um, we've kept you long enough we've kept you long enough enjoy your day my friends Um, be blessed and be a blessing to others amen Amen. so yes Uh, we always look forward to hearing from you Oh, whatever you want to chime in on, we'll we'll do our best to respond to those as time allows. As I said, a lot of people will be coming online later on through the day and through the days that yeah. come, and they're always you know they've always got some things to share. Be blessed. Yeah, we bless, love you. bless you guys. Yeah. Love you dearly. 